from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live! Live from my car and uh, everybody else in the studio. Dimly lit room, etc., etc. C-A-R, senor. <laughs> and today on a Friday under the tutelage of our general manager. COVID paranoiacs. COVID paranoiacs. That's people paranoid about COVID? Yes, clearly. Uh, it it, it okay. is that special breed who take... Fear of the Chinese bat fever to the extremes, the triple masked alone outdoors in a park crowd. And the reason I bring them up is because the bulk of American media especially, I think the American people have been way ahead of them, but even those on the left center and the left left have realized, okay, we've been acting like we're terrified of this despite Trump. It's starting to get really crazy. And I think that smallish percentage, yet large number of people that really do have mental problems and have been manifesting it through their COVID terror, I think they're going to be more and more openly discussed. Uh, the, the rest of us will talk about them. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I just, I think mainstream America, it will soon be like hoarders or... Uh, you know, people who have who who are married to a love doll or something like that. <laughs> oh, jeez! Oh, 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 so, if you wear a mask beyond the necessary date, you're in the same category of people married to those love dolls. Right, right, or you know, dwarf orders, or or what have you. You know, it's and the left has covered for these people because they don't want to call them out because it's a tribal signal that you know you're crazy, parad- paranoid about COVID. Oh, you you hate Trump like I hate Trump, so I'm not going to say anything. Uh, the equivalent on the right is like the people who think JFK Jr. is about to materialize out of thin air and lead us all with Trump to some victory over the pedophile ring or something. You people are nuts, okay? There's something wrong with your mind. I hope you can find health and healing someday. You triple masked alone in park people. There's something wrong with your mind. I hope you get healed. So have we ever nailed down if dwarf hoarders are small people that keep too much junk or if it's regular sized people that uh, have a garage full of small people? Well, that would be slavery and or kidnapping. So uh, uh, too terrible to contemplate even for reality TV. I believe it is the former choice, smallish people who accumulate too much garbage. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, um, suppose we got to tip our hat to meatloaf. Indeed. Marvin Lee a day, purveyor of the highest grade of schmaltzy overwrought pop music perhaps uh, ever heard. Uh, on the other hand, uh, some of his stuff is great. He was a hell of a singer and said to be a nice fella. So the the was the band called Meatloaf or is the guy called Meatloaf? His uh, early band, Jack, which led to him being discovered, was called Meatloaf Soul. That was his nickname as a youth. And uh, indeed, uh, that was a reference to the fella, not the band. Okay. And um, if you're roughly our age, he was like his band or whatever bat out of hell album was like the biggest thing ever and uh 
I was just looking at the stats. He died. Did we mention that at any point? He has passed, yes. Yes, indeed. No, we didn't. <laughs> no, we just wanted to talk about meatloaf today. Yes, he has passed. He is with God now. <laughs> uh, he, if you're wondering why are we talking about this if you've never heard of him, because I have a feeling he's of a period of time, and then I don't know how lasting afterwards. I don't have any sense of that. He was but, on some reality shows, so I think that grew his right. brand attack. I'm gonna throw, I'm right. gonna throw this phone across the room. So that's Meatloaf on The was, Apprentice. Yeah, it was The Apprentice, uh, starring the hotelier guy. What's his name? Ah, Donald Trump. That's right. Along with uh, Gary the Busey. Yeah, yeah, same guy, red-haired kind of, sandy-haired. Yeah, Trump. And he was on the show or hosted the show. He was one of the contestants on Celebrity Apprentice, I believe, with uh, Gary Busey. And uh, was Dennis Rodman, did they cross paths, or was he on I a previous? I think he did, yeah. Yeah, okay. No, I was asking. Uh... Oh, there he is. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Trump. <laughs> this uh, Donald Trump character that I've heard of. He hosted yeah. the show? Yeah, he was the host of The Apprentice. Huh, Interesting. Um, but meatloaf. In case you have never listened to any meatloaf music, if you're if you're of a certain age group, you listen to meatloaf music whether you wanted to or not because it was omnipresent. He sold over a hundred million albums. A hundred million, which well is well over, which yes. is impossible in the modern world. Impo- it can't be done. A um, hundred million albums. The Bat Out of Hell album alone sold something like 40 million copies. It, it may be number four all time or something. I can't remember yeah. precisely so what I read. I'm Enormously a, popular. I'm a guy who, like, I, I check out anything that is greatly artistically appreciated or commercially appreciated. If it's, you know, anything that's top five all time, I always check out because I'm just curious. So if mm-hmm. you're like that, you should check out Bat Out of Hell album from Meatloaf because it is in that category of sales. And I actually was listening to... My favorite meatloaf song, for most people, it's Paradise by the Dashboard Light, which is like a play. It, it is. It's a, it's, a, it's a musical drama and, and was also uh, perhaps the, the cause of my greatest karaoke moment ever. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's a good yeah. one. I mean, the, yeah. the whole thing, though, it's like nine minutes oh, long. Oh, yeah. There's this uh, like a rock chick singer in the bar and me, oh. and I can do a really good meatloaf. And so we somehow <laughs> do you use decided the breadcrumbs we were going to do it. Do you put mustard on top? Some people do and some people don't. The dried onions are the key. Mm. The, the French's uh, fried onions. Oh, Lord, trust me, folks. Anyway, no, we didn't meet, make meatloaf, you meathead. We, <laughs> we performed Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. Cool. Uh, but I was listening to Two Out of Three Ain't Bad, also from Bad Out of Hell, I think. Oh, that song has always, when I was, when I was young and stupid and schmaltzy, it got to me. It still gets to me. I listened to it this morning. That is, that is uh, the best. We're breaking up. It's the middle of the night. We've been talking all night. We both know how this ends song mm. ever. That is a mm. painful song. Almost too much. Too, too close to the bone. Baby, we could talk all night, but that ain't getting us nowhere. Oh, oh boy. Meat, meat. You've touched our hearts. <laughs> That's a tough one. And it also includes my favorite line, which is the line of the day, the tip of the cap to Meatloaf, who sold over 100 million albums. There ain't no Coupe de Ville hiding in the bottom of a Cracker Jack box. Oh. No getting around it. That's wisdom right there. <laughs> it is. We should officially start the show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Friday, January 21st, the year 2022. New you in 22. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. 
All right, let's begin then officially according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go. Springing into action as only we can at Mark. Biden's inaugural committee uh, marked his anniversary by releasing a video touting America's recovery narrated by Tom Hanks. Hanks wasn't the first choice, but staffers had to explain to Biden that Gary Cooper died 60 years ago. (laughs) He's old! He's old! That's a good joke! You couldn't have come up with a funnier name than Gary Cooper, I don't think. (laughs) Hilarious! (laughs) Oh, boy. Um, Unless it was... uh... But uh, <laughs> Rory Calhoun, Rory Calhoun, <laughs> you'll have to Google Sorry. it. Simpsons reference. Yes. Just like some of you may have to Google meatloaf. Um, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's terrific. It's a, a lovely Friday edition. Plus, because it is Friday, we have clips of the week coming up. Oh, that's awesome. Always oh, yeah. exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to catch up on the latest news, including what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. Man, that still could happen at any moment. And I think it's more likely than not. But all that is on the way. Text line 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Maybe we can talk all night. If you've ever been dumped or dumped anyone else, this is the song Meatloaf's Two Out of Three Ain't Bad. It's like five minutes long. Can we just move on? This one makes me sad. Oh, it's tough. <clears throat> oh, it's tough. And builds to a schmaltzorific climax, no doubt. But man, it's skillful. It's like some pop music. I don't have the least interest in it, but I can recognize how well-crafted it is. Yeah, this is like another layer beyond the usual breakup song with the twist of him being dumped the same way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's anyway. been hurt. Yeah. It's a tough he can't thing. commit. Um, <laughs> Please a guy, a, guy, a, a guy named Meatloaf died. That's why we're playing that song. He was a singer. Yeah, and sold over 100 million albums, as we pointed out, which makes oh, me yeah. good. Actor, too. He's, he's done some great... He was terrific in Fight Club, for instance. Sure was. Some may recall that. Yeah. He was. Rocky Horror Picture Show, of course. Um, uh, Still a lot of talk about what's going on in Ukraine and Russia, and there's like eight different articles about it in the Wall Street Journal today, and half of them are opinion pieces. The Wall Street Journal, at least, seems to think this is a big deal. We can talk more about that later. Indeed. Uh, we have mailbag coming up, the freedom-loving quote of the day, etc. But first, since it is Friday, it's time to take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. Let's try Fire away. Come on. A new year. Don't you wake up every morning and look at the news and think, oh, this can't be right. This is all crazy. <laughs> Usually I use about, you know, four-thirds at a bottom. If a dollar is 100 cents, hold on. Just forget it. We're living in essentially Calcutta, and we're talking yes. about gender-neutral toy aisles. Democrats whine too much, Chuck. <laughs> Just quit being a whiny party. Categorically, that nobody told me, and nobody, nobody said that uh, this was something that was against the rules. That is just ludicrous, isn't it? You are just taking the mickey out of the British people by no, suggesting I, well, I, 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 look, I... I... There are a set of checks and balances here on China that, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think that I have the moral absolutism to judge China. 
The sexy, sexy Nordic countries. You got the Aurora Bora Cialis up there. Are you kidding me? I'm happy to take questions. Are you concerned that a real conflagration in Ukraine, if the Russians really go in there? And it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion. Was the damage done? And I'm vice president of the United States, and the president and I work closely together, and I know his position because he has been consistent in that regard. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Okay. You woke up this morning and thought, one thing I'm going to do today is bring no. down Martin Luther King. Are you insane? Do you want another co-host? Do you have somebody else in mind? Well, in my opinion, the biggest thing to me is that the Kings don't have any NBA players on their team. Why are we talking about the Cowboys? And they told me, had I not been vaccinated, I wouldn't be here. That's how bad I was. There's one simple thing you can do to make this whole virus go away. Stop seeing (laughs) Spider-Man. How long are you guys ready to go? You want to go for another hour or two? Official gets in the way. The game's over. The game is over. Oh, man, what a week. Whoever our texture is that put this together, big, beautiful sunrise or sunset, I can't tell which it is. And then the quote underneath it. It's time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Wow. We need that on our wall. It is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Oh, I love putting it in front of a sunrise. Nice (laughs) nice graphics, my friend. Well done. The other uh, text we just got, and we've got several of these, apparently Meatloaf got the booster shot. (laughs) You're not helping. Nobody wants that. Oh, man. Yeah, no kidding. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. I had a feeling, as I've said this through the years, uh, that it was probably not an original thought. I don't think it's even possible to have an original thought at this point in human history, unless it's about a particular piece of technology that's never existed before. But I've said something very similar to this for a very long time. This is from Ulysses S. Grant, one of the men who saved the United States of America. I know no method to secure the repeal of bad or obnoxious laws so effective as their stringent execution. Ah, good one. I've said it on a uh, political basis. I've said the best way to refute or discredit progressive policies is to enact them. And the west coast of the United States and a number of other enclaves across the fruited plain are engaged in that very experiment right now, and it's going beautifully. History buffs know that Ulysses S. Grant has been rehabilitated in the last few years. The only reason you may have grown up thinking he was a bad person was all the Southern writers who, who who cast him as a bad person with books for a century because they hated the fact that the North won the war. Bad person, bad president. He's been rescued by historians. Oh, wait a second, that's not accurate at all in recent years with some fantastic biographies. Yeah, it's really interesting. My dad spent his career, a, a large part of his career, actually in the uh, school publishing industry, textbooks and that sort of thing. And so I've always taken a bit of more interest uh, than than most, probably. Uh, but yeah, it's true. For a long time, Southern school districts were adamant about certain things in the textbooks, 
And the northern school districts weren't nearly that adamant. So the publishers thought, well, if we're going to publish a textbook used nationally, we'll throw the South a little bone. Not that my dad has ever talked about this to me specifically, but it's it's pretty clear. And so, yeah, you know, if they wanted to portray Ulysses S. Grant as a, a a drunk fool whose administration was utterly corrupt and he was ineffective, you know, that was kind of the uh, the conventional thinking. Here's your mailbag. I go with some bonus mailbag later as I've jabbered away all the time. I love this, love this, love this. Megan in Dallas, longtime listener, love the show. Thank you, my darling. Live in Dallas, Texas, one of those places where absolutely no one wears a mask out in public. I was getting on an elevator in my building. I got alongside a woman and her small dog. This, by the way, is the pinnacle of COVID theater. This is the champion. This is the winner. She was wearing not one but two masks. The woman instantly gave me a dirty look for not being masked. As we made our way up to my floor, a couple, uh, another couple got on. She became even more perturbed. They were not masked either. She was then visibly upset and reached down and put a mask on her dog. Oh, boy. Unfortunately, I got off the elevator before she could do what I believe would be her next move, which would be to cower in the corner in fear of us Trump-loving science haters. If one, if someone can one-up this ridiculousness, I welcome all challengers. <laughs> Put a mask on the dog because they're on the elevator with unmasked people. KPOCFFBF. Keep protecting our canines from Fauci's bat flu. Megan in Dallas. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> That's a good acronym right there. Oh, beautiful. We got more mailbag and a lot of news of the day coming up. If you miss an hour, grab the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Somebody just texted, I'm thinking that they're at the airport. What would CNN ratings be if they weren't on every TV in every airport in America? Or maybe the world. Um, yeah, no kidding. How long does that go on? Okay, you let put CNN on the TVs in the airport back when it was the only news channel 30 years ago. Um, and, 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 and still. And still it's the only channel on there with the weird idea that, well, they're kind of middle of the road. So, all right. Yeah, I'm t- I'm thinking about the timeline. It's yeah, it's going on thirty years because it was like uh, Gulf War One, yeah, or or uh, the invasion of Iraq, early nineties. No, it was yeah, it was early nineties when they were a pretty damned rigorous serious news channel. Now they're garbage. They got that eunuch Brian Seltzer doing his well, idiot act, and well, and certainly as partisan as anything else. So oh yeah. Why that would be on for everybody in every airport, I do not know. Yeah, wow, wow. Uh, and especially because, and I'm glad you brought that up, uh, folks, uh, and we have many listeners around the world, which is lovely. Uh, around the world. And people around the world. Um, and they've reported to us that CNN International is rabidly anti-American. Hmm. Harshly no anti-American. I should check that out. Maybe I'll do that this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, a little bonus mailbag, because we uh, kind of frittered away our time last segment. But uh, here's Dick from Pennsylvania. Apparently, Mr. Biden also categorizes one-plus million illegals crossing our own border last year as a minor incursion. Ah, good one. Similar fashion, Kurt, don't know where he's from, but by God, he's Kurt, writes, Isn't it odd that President Dotard is much more concerned with Ukraine's border than our own? Putin only has 100,000 on that border, while we will have been invaded by over 2 million this year. Uh, 
it's, know, it's obviously there's a different uh, sort of invasion going on. One of the biggest voices in conservative politics is Tucker Carlson, and he's he's big on the whole, why do we care more about Ukraine's border than our border? Which, that angle at least, I get. Yeah, I, he extrapolates to conclusions I don't think are sound. No. But I, I do think it's a, a, a troubling irony that President Dodard, as he was uh, called by, I believe it was Kurt, and I don't appreciate the dismissiveness there, Kurt. Uh, President <laughs> Dodard, <clears throat> he says a third time, uh, is obsessed with the fidelity of the Ukrainian border, but not our own. Yes, here's a nice note from Daniel. Only thing Putin's concerned about is what will the West do militarily? Reminds me of when the Pope criticized and condemned Stalin for his atrocities. Stalin's response was, how many divisions does the Pope have? Hmm. Good one, Stalin. Uh, And then uh, on a different topic, but absolutely worth bringing up. I'm a teacher in the L.A. uh, school district. So many of my colleagues want to return to online learning. Why? Omicron barely gives the kids the sniffles, and every teacher in LAUSD is vaxxed or triple vaxxed. Sending students back home to do online learning would be terrible. I think this is the most important time in my 23-year career to be in the classroom with my students. In the classroom, kids are learning. They are interacting. They're playing. They're doing what kids should be doing. Never before in my career have I played a more important role in my students' lives. I teach children, and I provide a safe place for them as their parents work, and what a privilege it has been. Teachers get on the right side of this issue, writes Anne Nana Mouse. Well, you you may call yourself Nana Mouse, but you've roared like a lion, Anne. Well done. Wow. Um, So, speaking of the COVID, taking a look at Israel, which has gotten a lot of attention throughout the COVID for a couple of different reasons. They got a lot of people the vaccine early. Um, and they got a lot of people, and they're working on their fifth round? They got most people their fourth dose. Yeah, the booster, and then another one, and now they're talking about another one. Israel is now the number one country in the world per capita for COVID, testing positive for COVID. They got the most COVID of any country in the world per capita. Wow. Wow. And some of the stats are pretty amazing. Uh, As of... Today, 55% of the serious cases of people in the hospital have had three shots. 55% have had three shots. 24% have not had the vaccine at all. They've got about 75% of the population triple vaxxed, and then about a quarter holdout won't get it at all. But Mm -hmm. over half of the serious cases in the hospital have had all three shots. Which is raising a question for some people about what you know the effectiveness of the vaccine against Omicron or or how long it lasts because they got vaccinated earlier and did the boosters not do I don't know it's hard to figure out what's going on there the duration of the immune response is a good question and that is definitely something that's being studied I I have a feeling studying the demographics of those people would be useful I strongly suspect that they are elderly yeah. and or otherwise vulnerable I have those so, numbers. Uh, oh, excellent. Well, because that's the main question, because you hear a lot of people, particularly a certain cohort of the right, including friends of mine, who will say, you see that? The vaccines don't work. And that is a foolish and inaccurate leap of logic. They do work quite effectively at preventing hospitalization and death. The further you get toward the old and sick end of the spectrum, the less true that is because those folks are old and sick. They're vulnerable to to a lot of things. 
84% of the hospitalized in serious condition are over 60. So it continues to be a disease that ravages the old. A lot more than anybody else. So 1% are between the ages of 0 and 4. Uh, and it's it's very low for the uh, the other younger kids, too, which gets to the other articles in the Jerusalem Post, I think, today about um, they're not going to force kids out of school for uh, for symptoms anymore. They just can't. They just don't feel like they can. To do so a year open. ago is unforgivable. To do so now is insane. Um, yeah, I know that uh, locally some schools I'm aware of have changed their policies also, not quite as... Particular about everybody doesn't go into panic mode when uh, when there are some symptoms around or whatever mm-hmm. because yeah. you can't you, you just can't you can't oh, operate like that. I was reading about the situation in daycare centers these days. Oh boy! Oh, it is beyond crazy. In that you will be closed for two weeks because one kid tested positive. You will open, and three hours later you will close again for another two weeks as another kid has tested positive. Meanwhile, these are generally not enterprises that can pay their folks when they don't work. And so you have people quitting in droves, which has made the situation even more desperate. So it's just, it's just cuckoo nuts. Uh, so getting back just to the Israeli study and the rest of it, there are a couple of possibilities of what the future is going to look like. Uh, number one, human lifespan just drops. Because we have this ever-present, generally mild, but often fatal to the elderly or the weak, uh, respiratory thing that's around for the rest of our lives. And, you know, hell, the rest of human history, who knows. Or, like other microbes, uh, viruses, through history, it has its run, it makes big news, it alters the trajectory of people's lives, then it just kind of goes away. And we go back to the seasonal flu and, and not much else that, that threatens the old, you know, on a mass scale, but nobody's quite sure which it's going to be or, you know, and, and by the way, the, uh, goes away sooner or later, later might be in 15 years. Just hard to say. So which NFL football game are you most excited about this weekend? Got four games. Bengals Titans, which I don't know anything about. 49ers Packers, which is just, you know, classic. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's that's the answer for me. Although the uh, the first one you mentioned is a whale of a game. Two great young teams that have exceeded expectations. 49ers at Packers, Lambeau Field. Always excited this time. Exciting this time of year. Going to be very very cold. Um, you got Rams, L.A. Rams at Tom Brady. Good stuff there, Matthew Stafford. Exciting young quarterback for the Rams. The old man, the goat. And Bills Chiefs, which uh, some people oh. think is going to be a highly, highly, highly exciting game. So, oh, it's almost got to be. Speaking of young overachievers, the Bills, Pat Mahomes, mm-hmm. does he still have the magic? <laughs> Andy <laughs> Reid, can he win the big one? Oh, that geez. was a joke for football oh, fans. Oh, that was a wow. joke. That uh, found that painful. Yeah. Hey, one more piece of mailbag, if I might. I thought this was interesting. Uh, a couple of people sent us this. It's a uh, it's a tweet from. Somebody named Kimberly Parker Tamlin Vesper, which is at least one name too many. I'd say. Using big words is another form of white supremacy. Blacks who live in urban areas don't have the same access to education as whites. That makes them less smart. If you feel the need to communicate like you're a thesaurus, you're probably a white supremacist. 
And so people reacted to crazy, you woke bastard, uh, but then several people weighed in and said, this is, this is fake, it's trollery. How do you know? It's trying to provoke you. Well, that was my, that was my point exactly. It is now indistinguishable. It is now impossible to, ter- to determine what's the Babylon Bee, what's a parody, what's Armstrong and yeah, Getty making you, fun, and what's real. You can't. You can't mock anybody for falling for these stories. If if the if it's a legitimate story that being on time or getting your homework done is considered white supremacy, that's yes. a legitimate story. Well then there, then then using big words could be, I don't know. There is an important legal doctrine that states that if the number of black folks who have clogs in their sink, is greater than the percentage of white folks, that is proof of racism. It's the the doctrine of disparate impact. There's something racist about America's plumbing. This is is not an obscure, nutjob-ish legal doctrine. It It is considered truth in most of America's law schools. So, yeah, how do you differentiate between, you know... A real expression of woke lunacy and in mockery of it. It's they're the same. Um, I got some great quotes apropos apropos of nothing. I wanted to run through just for fun because I think they're all good uh, thought starters. You know what? Sure. You know what I didn't do that I need to do is uh, take a look at the betting line on all of these games. Uh, I'm always interested in that. Gambling is a later. sin. Huh? I don't approve. Oh, it I is. Do I do not approve. Didn't realize it. Um, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't see that as a one-way street. They go ahead and cut it off. It's like my mother used to say, you bite your nose off to spite your face. I'm pretty sure the expression is cut off your nose to spite your face. I'm not sure it's even possible to bite off your own nose. You know what I like about that joke there? There was no joke. He just played a clip from the president and laughed at how stupid it was that he said it. That's all that was. There was no craft to that whatsoever. Speaking of stupid, I have poured hot coffee down the wrong pipe. Oh, not the breathing pipe. You're supposed to use the esophagus, not the (laughs) trachea. I know. I had a note, a post-it note up here, but the sticky wore off and it fell. So I forgot which pipe. So I may rejoin the show in a minute or two. Excuse me. Which one do you drink (laughs) through the trachea? No, no, no. So I have a collection of a number of things that I just think are interesting. They're not really related to anything. Um, I'll do last what kids at one of the most expensive business schools in America think the average salary is. Oh, boy. That's a good story. Oh, boy. Always a good story. Stupid kids. (laughs) Um... Oh, the spread on the games. I'll hit you that real fast because this it's the number one TV show in America. Uh, Bengals are three, or Tennessee's a three point favorite over the Bengals. The Packers are five and a half favorites over the 49ers. That's the biggest spread of all the games. Brady. That's and, a legit spread, too, although I still, as a Niners fan, may throw a couple bucks down. Really? Tampa Bay and Brady, three points over the LA Rams, and the Chiefs, two and a half over the Bills. So that's the closest. So 
That's that. Remember El Chapo? <clears throat> the uh, drug kingpin, maybe the biggest drug uh, cartel guy in... Hidey hole under the bathtub, etc. Yeah. yeah. Tried him in the United States not too long ago. His wife testified, etc. Sent him to prison. Um, during his years at prison in Mexico, he was uh, doing pretty well as a drug and sex addict, according to a new book. They brought in prostitutes from the outside, and when that was not possible, they paid nurses, cleaners, and cooks who worked in the penal system to sex up El Chapo while he was in prison. He also had food from the best Mexican restaurants delivered to his cell regularly, as well as, perhaps unsurprisingly, plenty of Viagra. When we're talking about Viagra and having sex with cooks in jail, can we say the prison system and not the penal system? I mean, it's just too distracting. And you know how this works, and it kind of takes the fun out of, uh, isn't this crazy story, is uh, all these people do this because they're afraid they and their children will be murdered and tortured by his cartel if they don't go along with it. So that's right. that's why they do it, you see. And or, you know, bribery. Enormous bribes. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't know if enormous bribes is enough to get the 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 the, the cook to want to have sex with the the old guy down the down the cell, but uh, certainly a threat would do it. I'm at least going to listen to the offer. Yeah. Bringing in the food, yeah. That's bribing territory. This is kind of interesting. Wharton School of Business is one of the best business schools in America. I can tell you where it ranks, but I no longer uh will um tip my cap to those rankings. I've decided no. I've decided they're stupid. They're terrible and America's so-called elite universities are doing more harm than good. But Wharton School of Business at University of Pennsylvania is one of the most respected. It's where Trump went. And uh professor asked his students what he thought was the average uh, salary in a, uh, for a worker in America. 25% of them thought it was over six figures, which is roughly double the right answer. A quarter of them thought that. He had one student that thought it was $800,000. You're one of the smartest kids in America, in theory, to get into this school, or your parents donated a bunch of money and claimed you were a rower. And you think the average person in America makes eight hundred thousand dollars a year? Of course, a quarter of them think the average person makes uh, over a hundred thousand dollars a year. On the other end of it, I thought this was interesting. They quoted somebody at a rural community college. I went to a rural community college, Colby Community College in Colby, Kansas. Um, their answer was fifteen thousand dollars is what they thought the average salary was. The average salary. So for everybody making a princely twenty thousand, somebody's making ten ger. Right. Yikes. Um, and then somebody put hashtag inequality. You're a freaking moron. You're every bit as stupid as the kid thinks the average person makes $800,000 a year. Hashtag inequality. Go ahead, craft a society where small town rural America doesn't make less than, you know, New York City. Go, go ahead. Figure, work that out for me. Whatever the hell. Yeah. Of course, you know, the uh, picky among us are, are thinking, well, wait a minute, you guys are dealing with averages, median would be more uh, useful. The average compensation in 2020, if you're wondering what the right number is, is $53,000 a year. If you're above that, you can look down on most people. If you're below that, you should be angry about inequality. Well, and again, it's in, entirely geographically uh, determined, too. I mean, if you're making 63 as a family in L.A., Bay Area, California, whatever, New York City, God help you. If you're making that in 
suburban South Bend, Indiana, you're probably doing pretty well. Well, yeah, so let's go with 75. You're way above the average, and you're at this small-town uh, community college place. You're, you're, you're living better than most people. If you're in New York, you're barely getting by. You're starving. You're living in a tiny pr- place with roommates. And praying some junkie doesn't shove you in front of a subway train. Right. Uh, I got some quotes apropos of nothing. How much time have I got, Michael? Have I got time to do this? I hope I do. Yeah, I'll have to go through them pretty darn fast. Uh, we got this from H.L. Uh, Mencken. Joe's a big H.L. Mencken fan. He was a journalist writer of the early 20th century. Indeed, I have a very special Mencken-related birthday present on the way. Oh, cool. The state doesn't just want you to obey. It wants to make you want to obey. thought that was a damn good quote. Hmm. We could discuss that at length sometime. Uh, uh, but this is the one that got my attention. Every normal man must be tempted at times to spit on his hands, hoist the black flag, and begin slitting throats. That's a colorful quote right there. It is a colorful quote. So my birthday present, because I'm a huge Mencken fan. He's my hero. He's my intellectual hero. Um, one, one of very few is uh, Judy, for my birthday, is giving me his femur. What? He's been disinterred. Uh, she found his bones on the black market. Bones? She's giving me his femur. No, I'm kidding. She's giving me a, a portrait of him by an artist we become acquainted with who does the portrait with words, oh. and they're brilliant. Oh, cool. I mean, they look, they're amazingly, you know, beautiful. That is cool. Yeah, it's a great present. Thanks, sweetie. If you miss an hour, get the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.